This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And welcome back all morning long. Again, we're talking about foster care. Remember, you can join the conversation. Just go to our Facebook page and like us there and find out more about foster care. You can go to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear and like us there. Find out more about my guests and find out more about foster care. And we want to hear from you there as well. On the phone with me now, we're joined by Ashley Rhodes Quarter. She's a former foster child and author of the book, Three Little Words. We're also joined by Josh Shipp. He's a former foster child, motivational speaker, and best-selling author. It's my pleasure to welcome you both to the show. Thank you so much. Hello. All right. Now, Ashley, let me begin with you. Now, you let's talk about the circumstances for our listeners. Give us some background here. What led you into the foster care system at the age of three? Well, I was actually um, the child of a teen mother. She was a single teen mom who had grown up in foster care herself, and she later turned to people who didn't really progress her life in a positive way, but she was seeking these influences for a source of shelter and support, and they just weren't really good environments. And so by the time my mom was 20, she had had three kids, and um, one of them died, and my brother and I were in foster care, and it was just sort of the the system repeating itself. Wow, wow. And Josh, what about you? What's your story? How did you end up in foster care? Yeah, so uh, I've sort of had to piece together some of it, but from my understanding, I was sort of a prom baby. My mom was 17 years old whenever she had me. I, I believe the man who's my biological father didn't even know that he had gotten my mom pregnant. She just sort of ran away from home while she was pregnant, had me, I was left, um, actually, as she was left as well, she was left by by her mom at the hospital and then in return, a similar thing happened to me. And sort of immediately, I entered into uh, going and living in different homes and entered into the foster care system myself. So let me ask the two of you this. What was your experience like in the foster care system? Well, I spent almost 10 years in foster care, and during that time, I had 14 different foster homes. And I later learned that almost 25% of my foster parents were or became convicted felons. So I was placed in homes with people who had problems with drugs, alcohol, violence, pedophilia. Um, So I definitely didn't have a very glowing foster care experience. Eventually, um, and luckily, I was adopted at the age of 12. And I was able to have, a, I guess, what would be considered a more normal and and stable life from that point forward. And so... um, I I definitely didn't have the best upbringing, but I also don't really blame my circumstances. I'm actually a foster parent myself today, and so a lot of the work that I do is inspired by my experiences, and now I'm trying to kind of better the system um, and be that advocate for change. All right. Josh, what was your time like in foster care? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when I was brought into the world, sort of the first message that the world subliminally gave to me was, don't trust anybody. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there who maybe have a kid in their life or work with a kid, and the kid seems sort of oppositional and doesn't want to uh, sort of allow you to, to get into their life a little bit. And for me, it was that sort of situation that, you know, my mom, this person that I was supposed to be able to trust, sort of took off and and left me there by myself. And so because of that, um, I became very, very untrusting of adults of any sort of authority figure and the good news is is that I didn't trust adults that maybe I shouldn't but the bad news is 
that I didn't trust adults that I should. And so for me, you know, 90% of the foster homes I lived in um, had great parents, was a great circumstance. I was just absolutely every parent's worst nightmare. Mm. Um, I was so, so terrified and scared of being abandoned and being left and sort of all of those feelings and my inability as a young kid to process that, that essentially I didn't give any foster parent a chance, you know, and some of these parents were great, caring, loving people who wanted to make a difference in my life, but I absolutely gave them no chance. So I was very rebellious, very oppositional, would turn the other foster kids against the parents who were maybe otherwise uh, well-behaving kids. <clears throat> and so for a lot of these parents, understandably, they got to the point of like, look, I, you know, I want to help this kid, but this is kind of getting crazy and this is kind of getting out of control. And you know, the, the good news is, is that I eventually ended up with a set of foster parents who were maybe more thick-skinned or maybe more used to sort of being treated this way. And it's those two individuals that turned my life dramatically around from being this oppositional, rebellious, depressed, suicidal, sort of punk kid into someone who's a mostly uh, normal-functioning adult. Now, Ashley, I want to go back to something you just talked about. You talked about how you were in 14 different foster homes. Explain to us or describe to us what that felt like for you, because on the outside looking in, that sounds like 14 different rejections. How did you deal with that, and what did that feel like for you? Yeah, I mean, and... and I have an MSW now, so I, I've spent you know my professional and personal life studying these issues, and it, it really is true that it's not necessarily children being out of home that creates the most damage. It's the number of moves. And so for me, as the statistics show, I mean, moving felt like a constant slap in the face. I felt like there was something inherently wrong with me, that I was unlikable, I was unlovable, um, I did something wrong. And, and each home, you know, that's a new culture, a new an entirely new set of parents and siblings and schools and teachers. I mean, I changed schools twice a year until the seventh grade. So all of these constant changing um, changes and transitions really take a toll on a kid. And I think that's why, like Josh just said, we have a tremendous difficulty trusting people and we become very self-reliant and we get into this kind of survival mode. But in doing so, we really shut out the rest of the world and it, it becomes very difficult to cope. And I think it's very difficult to become a very successful adult if you have no idea where you've come from, you aren't open to new experiences, and you're just constantly trying to figure out where your next meal is going to be, or you go to bed at night wondering if that's going to be the same place you're going to return after school. I mean, it definitely it gets really crazy emotionally for kids. All right. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning, we're talking about foster care in the studio or over the phone with me this morning. We're talking to Josh Shipp. He's a former foster child. He's a motivational speaker and a best-selling author. We're also speaking to Ashley Rhodes Quarter. She is a former foster child and the author of the book, Three Little Words. Now, let's talk about saving graces because, Josh, you talked about this. But, Ashley, let's hear your story. What was it or who was that first person in your life that gave you some hope and made you feel like somehow, some way, this is going to be all right for me? Sure. Well, Josh talked about having an incredible pair of foster parents. And for me, um, now looking back at my story, I see kind of my saving grace as a woman named Mary Miller. And she was my guardian ad litem. And in most states, guardian ad litems are called CASA volunteers. 
And she was just a woman who had a little bit of time and a really big heart, and she became my court-appointed volunteer, and she came into all of my different foster homes, all of my different schools, and she ultimately was that one consistent face. And even though in the beginning I was super skeptical, I tried to run away from her and ignore her, and needless to say, I too was not the polished young woman today. (laughs) Um, And so I really, I was awful to her. But... it got to the point where I was like, God, I can't get rid of this lady. And, you know, she made sure that I was getting my teeth cleaned and my hair cut and had school supplies. And, you know, even though I had caseworkers and foster parents and all of these other people who said that they would do things but never really did, I mean, she was the one person that was really pulling through. And behind the scenes, she was working to get me free for adoption. And then, you know, what was right in front of me was just a person who never gave up and, and, taught me what it meant to be a humanitarian, what it meant to give back, what it meant to have someone follow through with what they said they were going to do. And she ultimately became this huge saving grace in my story and freed me for adoption, found me an adoptive family, and was really throughout the um, entire process of she was really responsible for getting me out of foster care, which ultimately saved my life. Okay. Josh, explain to us what it felt like once you did latch on to that family that eventually adopted you. What did that feel like for you? I mean, for me, it was it was an amazing experience to have someone who not only said, hey, we're not going to give up on you, we believe in you, all those sorts of things that, frankly, I had heard over and over and over again. And so when yet another set of adults would say that to me, it would just sort of be like, yeah, whatever. Um, but to have a set of, of foster parents in my life who who weren't perfect, who didn't have all the answers, who didn't have all the solutions, or, or any of those sorts of things that sometimes we inaccurately think we need to make a difference. But what they had is that they had this commitment to me that I had never experienced before. They really viewed me as someone who had made mistakes but was not a mistake myself. And this was sort of a big epiphany for me, is that, is that I thought I was a problem versus I had experienced problems. I thought I was a screw-up versus... You know, I had screwed up in the past. And so having these set of adults that really, really did not give up on me, regardless of how many times I would sort of kick and flail and try to push them away and try to not trust them and all of those sorts of things, they were there. Um, you know, they, they backed up every action with their words and every word they said they followed through with, which is really, really important uh, when you're working with kids, you know, maybe who are a bit like me, who are sort of more skeptical, more distrusting of adults, and, you know, it's really my foster parents that made me realize that every kid, regardless of their current circumstance, is truly one caring adult away from becoming a success story. The Wiedemeyers were that for me. You know, there are people in Ashley's life who were that for her, and I've seen it in countless other foster kids' life, whether it be a foster parent a mentor, uh, someone in the community, a teacher, an educator, just someone in the community reaching out and saying, I don't see you as your background, your circumstance, your case file, Mm -hmm. any of those sorts of things. I see what's inside of you that maybe you don't even see yourself because the, the bad news is as foster kids, we can sometimes be a bit of a pain, but the good news is if you can sort of turn that around, if you can sort of turn around our opposition and those sorts of things, it really becomes resiliency. 
And that resiliency can serve you uh, as a young adult for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Spoken beautifully. And I, I think, again, you know, my, my kind of one person was my CASA, but just like Josh said, I mean, these people come in a variety of forms, and that's why I'm always encouraging people from all walks of life to become involved on behalf of foster children because there are so many ways to contribute to their lives. And, frankly, it's not always the parent figures that break through. It's, it could be the school crossing guard. Yeah, get, get this. I remember I got hooked up with a big brother through Big Brothers Big Sisters, and he was this mentor in my life. And the crazy thing is, is that a kid who has a mentor in their life literally doubles their chances for long-term success, making wise choices, these sorts of things. And sometimes the idea of being a mentor can be intimidating because you think, oh, I don't have all the answers, I don't know exactly what to say, these sorts of things. Here is a life-changing moment that I remember specifically within the first couple months of beginning to meet with my big brother. I remember we were driving somewhere to, like, maybe go and eat, and his wife called him on the phone. Now, this is like back in the day where you didn't actually have a cell phone, but you had like a, a phone in the car, and it had a wire <laughs> and all that stuff, and it's amazing we didn't crash. But I remember sitting there watching as a young kid who didn't have a father figure in his life, who had never seen sort of a healthy family structure, and I listened to every single word of how he spoke to his wife. And I remember he was kind and gentle and warm and loving with her. And in that moment, I remember thinking, that's how I want to be. That's how I'm going to be one day when I get married and when I have a wife. That's what I want to do. I want to, I want to treat women with respect. I want to treat other people with respect. It wasn't even something he like tried to sit down and show me a PowerPoint presentation of, <laughs> let me show you how you become a responsible young man. Mm -hmm. It was just him living his life, doing his thing, and just allowing me to sort of be in his atmosphere, because I had never learned any of these skills, I was just fascinated by it. And even though at that moment he had no clue what a difference he was making in my life, he was making a profound difference. And my, and my wife should thank him. <laughs> All right. In case you're just tuning in this morning, if you would like to find out more about foster care, you can go to our Facebook page. Just go to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear and like us there. This morning, we're speaking to Ashley Rhodes Quarter. We're also speaking to Josh Ship about foster care. Now, when you travel the country and you have the opportunity to speak with so many children, uh, what's your message to young people that are currently in the foster care system? For me, it's, it's ultimately this, is that your past is not the thing that defines you. You know, everyone is going to have challenges, circumstances, unfortunate things happen. You know, frankly, whether you're in foster care or you're not, growing up, being a teenager, these sorts of things is not easy. It's difficult, and it comes with challenges. But the bottom line is, you know, as an example, what happened to me when I was a kid at birth, what happened to Ashley when she was a little kid, those are things largely out of our control that someone else chose to do. But the good news is, is when you're 15, when you're 17, when you're 19, when you're 13, when you're 21, you actually have the opportunity to begin to take responsibility for your own life. And you have the opportunity to say, you know what, these things in my past, it was terrible, unfortunate, sucked, it was painful, I need to make sure I get help and counseling and work through those things, but now I have the choice. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It will not be easy, but I have the choice to choose a different life for myself. Now, that's insanely, insanely easy for us to sit here and talk about and really, really difficult to do because it's a daily choice. 
You know, it's, it's breaking those habits. It's breaking those patterns. It's choosing to do the thing that you don't feel like doing, but rather the thing that's right to do. Ashley, what's your message to young people as you travel the country that are currently in foster care? Well, Josh said it beautifully. The, the biggest thing, aside from kind of allowing youth to see stories like Josh's, see stories like mine, see that we are, you know, we're in healthy relationships, we're have, we have jobs and families, you know, that you can be normal and achieve normalcy is, is huge for them. But also, as Josh said, it's our adversities that make us that much more capable of success. I mean, mm-hmm. I always joke that, for me, growing up in foster care made for a heck of a college entrance essay, and I got in <laughs> everywhere I applied because, you know, people are just amazed that, young people with our experiences can do so well and have aspirations and have dreams and have goals. And that's kind of where that one person comes in. They can really identify what our strengths are. But our strengths are that we're survivors and we are, we're ambitious and we, um, we're creative. I mean, and I think for everything that some adults might see as a, a deficit is actually, if you look at it in a, a different light, it can be pretty much the strongest gift possible. A lot of people used to say, oh, well, these kids are liars and troublemakers. Well, I mean, maybe they're going to be defense attorneys. Maybe they're going to be natural leaders. Maybe they're going to be, you know, CEOs that can operate a company. I mean, these kids just have incredible strength, and they're musicians, and they're artists, and they, um, I mean, if you listen to Taylor Swift, every song she has is like a breakup song. I mean, well, these kids are like the kings and queens of breakup songs. I mean, (laughs) they've got it. They've got Mm -hmm. this life experience. They've got these skills, and it really just takes someone to help them recognize what these strengths really are. I mean, and the sky is going to be the limit for kids like us because we already have more experience than a lot of people have in their entire lives. And I think for me, with my experiences, I turned it into an entire profession. I'm, um, I got my master's in social work, and so uh, I'm a foster parent, and I'm in the process of adopting myself. So, you know, I, I really have turned my life into both a professional and personal passion, and I do a lot of international advocacy, and it's just become my life's work, which I'm, you know, thrilled to be able to say that I'm in my 20s and already have kind of a, a passionate career. I mean, that's really wonderful, and I, I'm thankful for my experiences in a lot of ways. And for all of the other young people in foster care, no matter what your outcome might be, it could be permanency in a, a lot of different realms. Maybe it's you find a, a foster family that you really connect with. Maybe you're adopted. Maybe you're reunified with your biological family. Whatever the outcome is, you are completely in control of your own life and your own outcome and your own circumstances. And like Josh said, it's about those daily choices and that choice to survive and that choice to thrive. And that's what's really going to just propel these kids to an unbelievable level. And again, in case you're just tuning in all morning long, we're talking about foster care. On the phone with me, we're joined by Josh Shipp. Josh is a former foster child, a motivational speaker, and best-selling author. We're also joined by Ashley Rhodes Quarter. She is a former foster child and author of the book, Three Little Words. If you would like more information on foster care, you can like us on our Facebook page. Just go to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Go to our Facebook page and like us there, and you'll find out more. Now, both of you have been in several foster care homes. What advice or what's your message to foster parents listening this morning? Well, I would firstly say we are 
just in desperate need for foster homes. So I would encourage anyone who's not a foster parent to consider opening up your hearts and homes to kids because we absolutely have a shortage. I think kids need to be matched appropriately. When you take in foster kids, my, my adoptive parents, for instance, joke that it was more of like a marriage. Um, you know, I think kids and families need to be matched appropriately. But the biggest gift that a foster or adoptive parent can give to a child is to never give up on us. I mean, I have an entire chapter in my book entitled Testing, Testing, where I pushed every button my parents had. And they just would always come back at me and say, hey, we had nowhere to send our biological sons, and you're no different. So you can stop this poor orphan me crap. We're going to work through this like a family, and you're not going anywhere. And for me, I mean, that was just huge. I mean, no matter what I did, they didn't give up on me. And it was even several years after my adoption had been finalized. I still had this notion that I could be sent back at any time. But it was really, um, they could tell me every day till they were blue in the face how much they loved me, but they proved it on a daily basis. They didn't give up on me. Nothing I did rattled them. And it was that, that commitment that made all the difference. Very well put, Ashley. And with that, we're running out of time this morning. Josh, what's new for you, and what are you working on, and what can we look forward to from you next? Yeah, actually, my number one passion is mentoring because I believe every kid's one caring adult away from being a success story. So I'm actually starting an online mentoring program for teens. It's going to be called A Year of Awesomeness. And if you want to check it out, it's launching very soon. You can check out my website, heyjosh.com. All right. And Ashley, I understand that your life story is being made into a major motion picture, a movie. Tell us about that. Is that true? Oh, it's true. I'm crazy excited. Um, I talked about Mary Miller, my guardian ad litem. Um, Well, that's going to be a key role in the movie. And it's actually um, Mary's being played by Reese Witherspoon. um, And they're filming in the fall. Um, so I'm sort of blown away, and I just sold my second book, so my it'll chronicle um, where my, my first memoir left off and talk about my experiences fostering. My husband and I have had um, 16 foster children, and um, my relationship with my biological family, and um, my husband and I are in the process of adopting, so um, we're just so excited, again, on the home front, and um, to see what's to come, because our, I'm hoping that our story and our family dynamic will inspire others to follow suit and foster and adopt and and become a part of this process because we just we need more Josh's and more Ashley's out there. <laughs> okay. And so who's going to play you in the movie? Um they're still casting, so okay. it's going to be a variety of ages, a young actress, so it's it's going to be based on my younger years. All right. Well, congratulations on that and I look forward to my my premiere passes and things like that in the future, right, for the movie. All right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. And if our listeners want to reach out to you, Ashley, how can they find you? Uh, my website is roads-quarter.com, R-H-O-D-E-S-C-O-U-R-T-E-R.com, um, and I'm pretty accessible. All right. Well, thank you both for taking time to talk to us. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, no, thank Thanks, you. Rodney. Stick around. We'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine in a moment.